This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 94 WIP, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday night. And boy, do we have a show for you uh, tonight. Uh, We will uh, get to our Week 12 recap later on. A really entertaining day of football uh, on Sunday. Um, I did my overnight last night. I woke up at the perfect time, right at at 12.55 p.m., uh, went down, watched the red zone. It was a uh, wildly entertaining one o'clock window uh, on Sunday. A lot of crazy endings, really fun witching hour. Uh, so we'll get to that later on. Some of the more interesting things from the day in the NFL, including the Denver Broncos playing without a quarterback. It was it was honestly painful to watch. I, I felt bad for the kid that they threw out there. Uh, but we'll get to that uh, a little later on and everything from the other games in the league on Sunday. Uh, I brought it up a little bit yesterday, but I got to get more into this John Milton Middleton fiasco and the Phillies, the Philly situation, because um, I read Marcus Hayes piece on the inquire.com and Marcus Hayes did a phenomenal job, a phenomenal job of putting into perspective just how sickening it is what John Middleton and the Philadelphia Phillies did this week, Thanksgiving week, to uh, you know a substantial um, portion of their workforce in layoffs and cutbacks that are just not necessary. I mean, you can uh, you could say they lost money this year. Yeah, everybody lost money this year. Every business and every you know, walk of life, unless you're like a hand sanitizing business, you have lost uh, significant money this year. So um, I'm not shedding any tears for, for, for money bags, Middleton, but uh, the numbers that Marcus Hayes crunched to put into perspective exactly what the Phillies saved by making the layoffs they did. And, you know, uh, the justifications for why they're not going to be able to bring back JT real Muto, all this stuff. It is unbelievable and I didn't have the proper uh, numbers last night to really show you how how bad it is but uh, reading Marcus Hayes piece um, made me even more angry so we'll get to that later on but we will start in the obvious place which is Eagles Seahawks tonight at the link in what is a very interesting football game for a number of reasons and we will talk about the game I'll give you my keys. I'll give you my prediction, as I always do the day of a game, usually on Sunday, this time on Monday. And I'll get your predictions as well. We'll, we'll discuss the game and, you know, a, a game that if the Eagles were able to somehow win, might resurrect their season in this division. If the Eagles find a way to win this game Monday night, if they can somehow managed to beat a team that they haven't beaten since 2008, then yeah, their season might be alive and well once again at 4-6-1 because they are in the worst division in the history of sports. That being said, um, the outcome of this game is secondary. It is secondary to what is going on at the quarterback spot. And We already knew coming in, following the last two games, really the last three games, go back to that Dallas game, and how ugly they were from the offense, how ugly they were from the quarterback, that there was plenty of talk and pressure for the Eagles 
to make some sort of change at that position. Doug has been asked about it this week repeatedly, answered questions about it hesitantly, and the writing has been on the wall that something was afoot, that that something different was going to happen on Monday night from what we have seen the past few weeks. You could just tell the feel around the Novacare complex, the feel in Doug's press conferences was was different. You know, he gave that answer um, on on uh, on Wednesday, I believe it is, and we'll we'll actually pull the cut up for you uh, right now. Here was Doug Peterson on Wednesday uh, when he was asked about uh, whether Carson Wentz would still be a starting quarterback. You're not making that move, right, Doug, to a different quarterback? Not today on Wednesday, no. Okay, possibly for for Monday. Um, I'm focused right now on getting better today. I okay. mean, we're looking. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I would say no, no, no. Carson's your starter for Monday. Yes. And that that yes at the end gets me every time. It's just it, it's uh, yes. Uh, but uh, you knew when you heard Doug answer the question that way, in such a hesitant fashion in such a wish-washy way that something was happening here and that things were not just going to be the status quo and the Eagles were going to come back out and try with the same stuff they've been doing the last couple weeks on Monday night. You could tell right there that something was going to change, whether it was going to be a change at the starting quarterback, whether it was going to be a change in offensive philosophy, whether it was going to be Jalen Hurts getting more time on the field, you knew that something was going to be different on Monday night. Well, it was revealed Sunday morning, right before I went to bed on Sunday morning, uh, around 7.15, 7.30 a.m., Tim McManus of ESPN first to report that Jalen Hurts has been taking significantly more first-team reps in practice this week than he has to this point this season. Ian Rappaport of NFL Network then added that Hurts is expected to see increased playing time on Monday night, yet Carson Wentz is still expected to start for the Eagles in this football game. And this is what needed to happen. I've been saying it for a month now, basically, ever since that Cowboy game. And really, I mean, the Giants game really solidified it, and the Browns game was just overkill. But we have known that this is what needed to happen. Something needed to change. The way the offense has been pretty much all year stagnant, as much as they, as bad as they have been, but as, as we've talked about, especially the last few weeks, which have just been beyond painful to watch, Last week being the breaking point, last week being the worst, something needed to be done to give this offense a spark. And curiosity is an intoxicating thing. You know, I'm curious to see more Jalen Hurts. I don't know how you couldn't be. Yeah, a second round quarterback with his type of skill set, I mean, a developmental player, but a guy with a different skill set. A guy with a resume that he has in college, and I mean, we've seen enough throughout the course of history to know that just because you're a winning quarterback in college doesn't mean that's going to translate to the pro level. I mean, you look at guys like Matt Leinert, um, who people thought was going to be a tremendous quarterback because of what he did in college, Vince Young as well, a guy the same year, and you see those guys flame out. So just because a player was successful in college does not necessarily mean that he is going to be successful in the pros, but it you know it's not it's not a negative, and you know you look at Jalen Hurts, a guy with that type of resume, and of course it is going to to pique your interest, and you're going to want to see what that guy has when your starting quarterback has been playing as poorly as Carson Wentz has this year. You know, you're curious to see if the offense looks better, if the offense looks worse, if it confirms people's suspicions of the struggles being on the offensive line or the receivers or Doug Peterson's play calling or 
the quarterback play. And hopefully this is something that we'll get more answers to on Monday night if Jalen Hurts does indeed see more extended action in this game against Seattle. You know, you're curious to see what the Eagles have in Hurts and why they drafted him where they did instead of addressing other needs on their team um, and not selecting other players uh, that could have been of value. As I look up and I see Jeremy Chin on the Panthers, a safety, a position that the Eagles needed desperately, um, score two touchdowns on Sunday afternoon. But, you know, as much as we want to see Jalen Hurts, as much interest as there is in Jalen Hurts, the reality of this whole situation is that this is not really about Jalen Hurts at all. It's not. The idea of playing Jalen Hurts has never even really been about Jalen Hurts. Because regardless of how Jalen Hurts plays, if he plays, how much he plays, what he does, the franchise quarterback is and remains Carson Wentz. And of all the things that piqued my curiosity going into this game, and that piqued my curiosity about how Jalen Hurts' role will change, and ostensibly how that will change Carson Wentz's role, the thing I am most curious about is how does Carson Wentz respond to this? You know, how does Carson Wentz react to this unique situation, this kind of adversity that really he has never faced to this point in his career? And this is a guy that's faced adversity in his career, but never quite like this. And, you know, that is the most important thing. It's the most important thing for this franchise because of the commitment that the Eagles have made to him. Because he's tied to this franchise for better or worse. The contract the Eagles have given him is not something you can just get out of after this year. It's not necessarily even something you can get out of after next year. The money the Eagles are paying Carson Wentz, the draft pick collateral, they have already sunk into Carson Wentz. They basically gave up the better part of three drafts to go up, to move up to number two, to select Carson Wentz with that pick in 2016. And, you know, for better or worse, they remain somewhat committed to him. And if you've heard me, you know I've been very hard on Carson Wentz this year, and for good reason. He has not lived up to his contract. He has not played up to expectations. He has not done what this franchise needs him to do. And I know people will make excuses that the O-line's bad, the receivers are bad, Doug's play calling isn't great, whatever. There are a lot of things that aren't perfect. But when you're paying a guy what the Eagles are paying Carson Wentz, you're paying him to make up for that kind of stuff. And I think the perfect example of that is the guy you're going to see on the other sideline on Monday night who has been making up for things not being around him for years. I mean, for years, Russell Wilson was playing behind probably the worst offensive line in football that has just gotten solidified over the last two to three seasons. But even when they had bad offensive lines, Russell Wilson found a way to make it work. As that team surrounded him with very few weapons up until the last couple years when they did get a guy like DK Metcalf. As that team had to pretty much disband their defense, their, 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 you know, dominating defense because of the financial commitment, they had to pay uh, Russell Wilson. They had to make a financial commitment to Russell Wilson, and that forced them to sacrifice other places on the roster. And that is what you need Carson Wentz to do. You need him to make up for deficiencies elsewhere. Instead of using deficiencies elsewhere to be excuses for why he's not playing well, a quarterback of his caliber and a quarterback of his um, compensation level, I guess you can say, 
should make up for those deficiencies. He should be able to get it done without top-level talent around him. I'm looking right now at Twitter. I'm seeing highlights of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Yeah, Aaron Rodgers has gotten Devontae Adams in recent seasons, but for a long time, Aaron Rodgers was doing it without great weapons and with, at times, a shoddy offensive line. And that's what you need Carson Wentz to do. He has not done that this year, and that is why I've been so difficult uh, on him, and and I've been so critical of him this season. That being said, my frustration in so many ways, the reason why I get so irritated and frustrated with Carson Wentz stems from my belief in him that while being shaken this year, deep down is still there. It is not broken yet. My belief in Carson Wentz is not broken yet. And my belief is that he is better than this. I do believe that he is better than what we have seen this year. He's got to be better than what we've seen this year. There's got to be more in there than what we've seen this year, which is pretty much the worst quarterback in the NFL. One of the worst quarterbacks in the league. That's the way he has played this season. And this is a pivotal point right now. This game and the next six weeks. This is a moment in Carson Wentz's career that we will remember forever and that will go in in, in many ways to, to define him and his career in Philadelphia. How he responds to this will define this franchise for years to come. Because as I said, he's a guy who's faced adversity in the past. Getting injured while being on a team that was Super Bowl bound. Watching his backup quarterback win a championship. A championship that deep down, he's got to feel like he's not really a part of. A championship that he's got to feel deep down was should have been him on the field winning that title. To pieces in the media over the last couple of years of anonymous teammates and people in the organization taking shots at him. Again, watching his backup come in and lead this team on a playoff run to where, you know, many people in the city wanted that player to remain in Philadelphia as the starting quarterback and when a Carson went shipped out of town. Now, underperforming after getting his contract, his big money contract, that is what you strive for as a player to get that kind of compensation. He's faced adversity, but not like this. He's never been benched or sat for poor performance. And that is something that could finally happen on Monday night. And as much as we're interested in seeing how Jalen Hurts plays, I am too, as much as we're interested in seeing how Jalen Hurts uh, performs and in the effect he has on the offense, I am way more interested in seeing how does Carson Wentz respond to this moment? How does Carson Wentz you know, answer the bell facing this kind of adversity? That for the first time, he's got to have a feeling that Jeffrey Lurie, Howie Roseman, Doug Peterson, the real decision makers in this organization are losing faith in him. Because it's different when you hear criticism from the media and fan base. That's one thing, but that's something you can kind of tune out. And I'm sure Carson Wentz does. I don't think he's a guy who's listening to WIP. I know some players do. I, I know that for a fact. I know like a guy like Brandon Graham. I know Brandon Graham listens to WIP. Brandon Graham listens to the noise. Um, some players find it motivating. Some players find it um, you know, beneficial to know what's going on in the city and know how this team and they more specifically are being are being talked about. 
I know Donovan, as much as he said he didn't care, I know he cared about it. I'm not sure Carson does, and I think he's been able to escape that to this point, knowing that he had the unwavering faith and the unwavering support of the decision makers in this organization. But now that has been shaken. Now that is in question. And how Carson Wentz responds to this moment, how he plays on Monday night, how he plays the rest of the season, how he leads this football team will tell so much about him and so much about whether he is still capable of being the franchise quarterback here long term. How will he respond? Will he fight? Will he decide enough of this? This is my football team. This is my job. And I'm going to grab it by the you know what and and we're going to and we're, we're going to get this thing back on track. Or will he will? Will he come out and play the way he's played all season and allow Jalen Hurts to take his position on Monday night whether it's for the rest of the season, whether it's for Ever, whether it's just for the night, all of that remains to be seen. But this is the defining moment for this player. And for quarterbacks, many of them, they get a few of these moments in their career where they need to go one way or the other. And the truly great ones answer the bell. The truly great ones Say, enough of this, I'm getting back on track and getting getting our team season back on track, getting my career back on track. Other ones will. And they either need to go somewhere else or their careers just kind of fizzle away. And I don't know which way Carson Wentz is going to go. But I know these next six weeks are going to be critical. And we're going to find out a lot about him. And that process starts on Monday night. And that's what I'm most excited to see. It really doesn't have much to do with with Jalen Hurts. It has way more to do with Carson Wentz. And how he responds uh, to this new kind of adversity that he'll be facing for the first time in his career. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Um, I want to know how you think Carson Wentz is going to respond. And whether you see this the same way, because I know a lot of the discussion on Monday will be about, oh, what's Jalen Hurts going to do? How's Jalen Hurts going to play? Jalen Hurts is in the background for me in this one. I'm interested to see how Carson's going to play. I'm interested to see how Carson is going to respond to this. Because this is a situation we have never seen him in before. 215-592-9494. Open lines to start the show. You get in now. You'll be first right after the break. Um, So we will discuss this. I think it's really interesting. And it's a pivotal point uh, for one of the uh, most important athletes in this town and their future in this town. 215-592-9494. That's how you get in. I'm Tom Kelly, most Kravitz producing right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly in for Big Daddy Graham on a Monday morning. If you want to get in, 215-592-9494 is how you join the show. Uh, it's going to be an interesting game Monday night. It's going to be an interesting scene. I, I, I mean, I'd imagine the Eagles didn't necessarily want this to kind of come to a head on Monday night football. Uh, that's why, you know, I, I kind of thought they really missed an opportunity last week to, if they were going to make a change, uh, do it last week at halftime in Cleveland. You know, you're playing in Cleveland at 1 o'clock. That's kind of a, a spot where you can bury this a little bit, and obviously it'd still be a big deal in Philadelphia. But this is, um, you know, this is going to be seen by the nation now. And this Carson Wentz storyline is going to be the center of it's going to be the the storyline of the game on Monday night more than anything going on with the Seahawks. Seahawks a team who they're a Super Bowl contender. And you know, I guarantee you ESPN Monday Night Football this whole broadcast is going to be centered around Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts and the Eagles quarterback position. And there is a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure 
on both of these guys, but especially Carson Wentz on Monday night. And when you're the quarterback in Philadelphia, there's there's always pressure, but this is different. This is uh, no going into a game knowing your job is on the line. The organization has basically uh, basically told you at this point. And you could tell all week something was up. As much as Doug was saying, Carson's our guy, you know, Carson's our starter. Jalen hasn't done anything different this week than he has in the past. Well, when now we have reporting, that's not true. And I think everybody kind of reading tea leaves here knew that wasn't true. And we have gotten to a point um, where uh, this is a pivotal moment in Carson Wentz's Eagles career. How will he respond uh, in the face of this adversity? And as much as we'll talk about Jalen Hurts and what he could do, how he could jumpstart the offense, what I'm by far most interested in here is how does Carson Wentz respond to this kind of adversity that we've never seen him in this kind of situation before um, where he could be sat, not due to injury, but due to performance. 215-592-9494. That's how you get in. Let's go to John in Allentown. What's up, John? What's up, TK? How's it going, man? Uh, it's uh, another wonderful Monday morning. Getting ready to head through the city now. Come by, you guys, and head into Deptford there. Okay. Um, you know, I'm going to tell you how Carson is going to respond. He's going to respond just like he did when he came back from injury, you know, after Nick Foles won the Super Bowl. He played like garbage, so so bad. And when he got hurt, it was a blessing because we weren't going to make the playoffs in, in 18. Nick Foles came back, came in, and got this team into the playoffs with a little bit of, little bit of miracle working with the double doink. Then he comes back in 19 and plays like garbage most of the season and then catches lightning in a bottle at the end of the season and gets us into the playoffs with playing four horrible teams. Uh-huh. And this year so far, he has showed me nothing, nothing that says he should be the starting quarterback of an NFL franchise. And the fact that the Eagles have not pulled the trigger before the, even before the Giants game when we still had a chance to take this division is an indictment on the front office. It should have been done already to give the Eagles, the rest of that team, a chance. See, see what Hurts uh, has, and also to give us a fighting chance. Because even when you watch Carson like take these sacks, he doesn't try and run. At least Hurts, the one thing we know about Jalen Hurts is he can elude a rush and run. So, and, John- I mean, listen, the guy has, can't do anything right right now. What is he supposed to show us? But John, do you do like you don't you don't think there's <laughs> any chance that this kind of thing could wake him up a little bit? That this kind no. of that this kind of move could trigger something in him that we haven't seen no. this season? I think if there was something was going to wake him up, it would have been seeing Nick Foles carry a broken team into the playoffs that he wasn't doing anything with. That would have woke him up. Getting getting a huge contract when he showed nothing. That might have woke him up. This ain't going to wake him up. There's nothing to wake up, TK. I've been telling people this for years. There's nothing to wake up. They took a chance. They took a D2 player who looked like God in D2 football because that's what he's supposed to look like in D2 football. You know, that's, there's a reason why he didn't play Division One football. You know, they took a chance because they wanted to show that they were the smartest people in the room. Yeah, well, I and mean, yeah. I'm sorry, he's not, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. That's that. He didn't even win a championship in D2 on a team that was a championship winning team almost every year in that division. Let's think about that. Right. Well, it remains to be seen, John. It'll be interesting. I appreciate the call. Um, And I think that's the way a lot of people feel. I think a lot of people have lost faith in the quarterback. And I understand if you have. Um, To a degree, I have as well. And I'll the fact that the Eagles are are doing what they're doing tells you that to a degree they have lost faith. But um, it's going to be interesting. Like I, I am not 
as far down that path as John is yet. And I have been extremely critical of Carson Wentz. I have been extremely frustrated by the way he's played this year. Um, but of all and, all and of all the things that have bothered me with him, and this is what what I'm hoping can get triggered. If there's anything left in there, this is what I'm hoping. Because one of the things that's bothered me about Carson Wentz this year, um, even more than his play on the field has been his, his lack of emotion, like his lack of emotion in these, in these post-game press conferences during the week. You know, he's like that, that GIF um, where it's that dog sitting around and everything's on fire and he's just saying everything is fine. That's, that's what Carson Wentz is. That's what Carson Wentz has been this year. He has been a, a player who is denying the reality of how bad this offense has performed and how poorly he has performed. Whether it is, you know, him saying early in the season, we're so close, or we're, we're so close. After the Cincinnati game, we're, I mean, there's, they, they weren't anywhere close. They, they were terrible. You know, um, saying we're going to correct it, and the, the defense is making plays. No, the defense isn't making plays. You're, you're, you're giving them opportunities to turn you over. You're the one who is who is making uh you know bad plays on the field that is hurting your football team. And you know, I think Carson Wentz has been largely in denial of that kind of stuff this year. And you can hear it after his after the game last week in his post-game press conference last Sunday where he was like taken aback that reporters were asking him questions about his job security and the reporters told him that, yeah, these are things that Doug Peterson's being asked after this game, whether you're going to play or not next week. And Carson was like, seemed genuinely surprised by this. And I don't know how you can be surprised by this the way you played. It's his lack of emotion, his body language this year, which has been terrible, which never in the past was a problem, his body language, and that was from the first game. You know, right after that first pick against Washington, he's sagging his shoulders. He's he, he's looking down. He's looking, uh, you know, uh, dejected. And at that position, you know, that stuff, it, other teammates take note of it. The lack of emotion, lack of leadership, that's so important at the quarterback position. And, you know, you look at this new situation now, and you look at how this is um, going to go down. I don't expect Carson Wentz to be happy about this. I, quite frankly, don't want him to be happy about this. Of course, you expect him to be professional, but I expect him to be angry. And this is what I hope happens, is I want Carson Wentz to be bothered by this. I want Carson Wentz to start to feel uncomfortable. And I think maybe this is what the organization wants as well. That maybe they are trying to to send an electric shock into him. To jolt him free of whatever has been shackling him this year. Whatever has been, uh, has been, you know, hurting his confidence. They want to jar that out of him. And I want to see if this wakes him up. I want to see if this is if this is proven to be something that is necessary to wake him up this year. Maybe this does. Cuz I hope it ticks him off. It should tick him off. That yeah, you're the quarterback, you might not be the quarterback anymore. The job that you thought you were so secure in, you might not be so secure in this position anymore. I want him to respond. I want him to play angry. I want him to play with reckless abandon on Monday night. And no, that doesn't mean coming out and turning the ball over and playing stupid. But it means, you, you know, showing some fire, which is something we have not seen from him this year. At any point this year, have you seen him show emotion on the field? Have you seen him look angry? Because that's not always a bad thing. That's not always a bad thing for a leader uh, to get irritated, to get bothered. Even with teammates, 
it's not a it's not always a bad thing for Carson Wentz if a receiver if if a receiver's not doing what he's supposed to do, as people have said this year. People have made that claim that it's not all on Carson. The receivers aren't doing what they're supposed to do. Okay, if a receiver's not doing what you want him to do, you go up and you tell him what to do. And I think it does a lot of it go back to that Jan- Joe Slanaliquito article from Philly Voice, where Carson Wentz, you know, I think he was really hurt by that. I, I Let's face it. He comes from a different area of the country than most of his teammates do. He comes from a, 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 a an area where, you know, he has probably been rather sheltered. He hasn't dealt with a ton of adversity. He's always been the star. He's always been uh, the guy on the on the pedestal. He's always been the most talented of all his teammates. When you get to the NFL, that's not always the case. You're dealing with a lot of different personalities. You're dealing with guys from elsewhere. From all over the country. Different walks of life. And I think when Carson saw those kind of um, criticisms from his teammates, I do think that truly hurt him. And I think ever since then, he has been trying to be the likable guy. He has been trying to be the guy that wouldn't get under people's skin. That wouldn't bother teammates. And he's been tiptoeing around to a certain degree. And that's not what you always need from the quarterback position. Sometimes you need a quarterback who is going to grab somebody by the collar and tell them, this is what I need you to do. If, if, if Greg Ward's running the wrong route, as Dan Orlovsky pointed out last week, um, that could have been possible on one of the plays in the Cleveland game, then Carson Wentz needs to go to Greg Ward and tell him, this is what I need you to do. This is what you need to do for us to be successful. I want to see a guy go out there on Monday night and playing like his job is on the line. Playing like his NFL career is on the line. This is a defining point for Carson Wentz. And if he is who we thought he was at one point, he will take his job back. He will go out, win or lose, and I'm not necessarily saying win the game because I think it's a real uphill climb for the Eagles to win this football game. But if Carson Wentz is the franchise quarterback that we once thought he was and that we still hope he is, he will go out and he will take his job back on Monday night. This should not break him. This should motivate him. This should inspire him. This is a point in his career, certainly his Eagles career, where he can go one way or he can go another. And that's the point of this game Monday night. It's much less about whether the Eagles win or lose and much more about which way does Carson Wentz decide he wants to go. Does he want to wilt? Does he want to, you know, uh, go in the tank? Or does he want to rise to the challenge, take his team back, take his job back, and fight? Is he going to do what Donovan McNabb did? Because people rip Donovan McNabb, rip his, um, his, you know, uh, kind of attitude. Well, Donovan McNabb got benched. You know what Donovan McNabb did? He said, forget this. I'm coming out. I'm taking my job back. And the next week he went out on Thanksgiving night against the Cardinals and threw for four or five touchdowns. And the Eagles went on to run to the NFC Championship game. That's what Donovan McNabb did. Is Carson Wentz going to go that route? Or is he going to go the route of a guy like Kevin Cobb? And kind of go in the tank and go somewhere else and maybe resurrect his career somewhere else? Maybe not. It's a defining moment. It starts Monday night and it goes the rest of the season. I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Let's go to Eric in Lancaster. What's up, Eric? Hey, TK. What's going on, brother? Not much, man. How's it going? Good. Hey, uh, I'm not calling to um, be the, uh, the Carson Wentz apologist or supporter, but I do think it's important to, especially in this day and age, to be fact-based when you have red-hot takes at 2.30 in the morning. Uh, In John's case, Carson Wentz did win four consecutive national titles with North Dakota State, and two of those, he was the starting quarterback and led the the Bison to the championship and was the player of the game in those games. But that being said, um, I don't think it's going to go well tomorrow. Um, We traditionally don't play well against Seattle. Um, 
they have no problem coming west to east, especially on prime time. And uh, I think this could be, I hate to say it because I, I, I want to be in, you know, uh, I got to see the glass half full, but I think this could be the beginning of the end for the Eagle season tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what most people probably think, Eric. How do you think Carson's going to play? Like, how do you think he's going to respond on Monday night? Do you think he plays well, or do you think it's more of the same? Um, I think it's more of the same. I think they get boat raced early. I think this. Uh, I think Ross jumps out to probably like something maybe like ten nothing, fourteen nothing, midway, two thirds of the way to the first quarter lead, and we're playing from the uh, playing from behind and becoming one dimensional um, with skill players that honestly don't add up to what is on the other side of the field. Like, that's a really, really great elite generational quarterback with a good offensive mind um, as a head coach, and basically he's got weapons now for the first time in a really long time since uh, Marshawn. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got uh, got better weapons there, Eric, and, and I, that's the thing. I don't expect the Eagles, honestly, to win this game, but I want to see Carson play well, but I'll tell you what, it, it is a little um, a little discouraging to hear even even a Carson supporter like yourself losing confidence. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to feel that way. I know that the grass isn't always greener. I, I like to take reserve takes. You know, I, I think putting a rookie quarterback in there um, on prime time against a team of caliber of the Seahawks isn't a recipe for success. Um, even could have success down the road. I think it's a bad look. Um, at the same time, Wentz has been so bad, it's hard for me to to continue to support what we're seeing every you know every Sunday or Monday or whatever be it. Right. Yeah, no, I hear you, Eric. I, and I appreciate the call, man. Thanks a lot. And yeah, I think that's that's the con that's that's Eric speaks for a lot of people. And man, that's concerning. Because, you know, Eric is self proclaimed he's Carson guy. I'm guessing he's a member of the uh LTBB community. I'm I'm interested to hear the afternoon show tomorrow. I'm interested to hear what Ike Ike Reese, the leader of the LTBB community, uh, has to say uh, about the Bronco potentially um, getting his getting his saddle taken away. But um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested to see what happens because you know a lot of quarterbacks they get to these defining moments, and um, you're either going to go one way or the other. And you know, not to compare him to the goat here and the goat. I do want to talk about a little more in the next segment, but 2014, you know, and obviously it was much later in his career, but people were calling for Tom Brady's job. People were saying Tom Brady was done. He could have gone one way or another. He went on to win three more Super Bowls and go and, and go to four, you know? So, you can go one way or the other here. And obviously, this is a much different situation with Carson Wentz. But um, who knows? He could... Uh, I wouldn't say it's out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I'd say it's unlikely that this is the case. But there's a possibility that Carson Wentz might never start another game for the Eagles after tomorrow night. I'd be surprised if that happened. I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but it could be. Or he could start every game barring injury for the next five years. That's how much is at stake over the next six weeks. Uh, and it all begins tomorrow night. And I'm fascinated to see how he responds uh, to this moment because it is a big moment in his career. And it's much more about Carson Wentz on Monday night than it is about Jalen Hurts. 215 9494 if you want to get in. What's your thoughts? I want to know how do you believe Carson Wentz will respond Monday night? It's the story. It's the thing I'm most interested in. Um, so I want your take on that. When we get back, I'll give you a social media gripe. It does have to deal with uh, football uh, on Sunday with what we saw uh, in one of the games Sunday. And I'll get a little more in-depth with this game, one of the games uh, of the day going in Um and talk a little bit about what went down in this one. 215-592-9494. I'm Tom Kelly, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'm Tom Kelly. Uh, in for Big Daddy Graham on a uh, Monday morning. Sorry, I get my days all mixed up doing these overnights. I, I get very confused sometimes. But uh, talking about the Eagles and how Carson Wentz is going to respond, I think it's going to be fascinating. Uh, I'll get to my uh, keys and prediction in the 3 o'clock hour here. But I do want to give you a social media gripe as well. Um, and this had to do with football on Sunday. And it's, it's I guess, a gripe 
specifically directed at not necessarily Eagle fans, even though a lot of the people that participate in this um, particular gripe are Eagles fans, but NFL fans in general, where, you know, obviously I, I think the game of the day that people were interested in was the Chiefs and the Bucks. This fascination and obsession with who Tom Brady shakes hands with after games, who the hell cares? Like, uh, I don't know if people are overprotective of Nick Foles. Like, I do I give a damn that Tom Brady shakes Nick Foles' hands or not? No. I mean, should he have shaken his hand after the Super Bowl? Probably. Should he have shaken his hand after they played earlier this year? Sure. Um, what, what was it, Moshe? Was the other? Were they upset? Was it Goff? He didn't shake yeah, Goff's he did hand? Goff earlier this season, yeah. Who cares? Like, why are people so obsessed with this? Well, it's. I think it's anything to to put down pretty boy Tom Brady. I mean, I can't – he's, you know, the greatest quarterback of all time, but right. I can't stand Tom Brady. I don't – I don't get – maybe this is part of it. I don't get why people hate Tom Brady so much. Like, I don't understand it. Like, you hate him because he's good? No, it's, like, it's, it's his off – it's his personality. It's his off the field. It's this ginormous ego, prima donna style just – that's the thing. I have a problem with that if you're Freddie Mitchell. Like, I have a problem with that if you're a guy who acts like that and you haven't earned it. But what am I to say? I mean, Tom Brady's earned, earned everything he's got. Like, uh, Tom Brady's earned the, 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 the fact to act arrogant and, and egotistical. I'm not talking about on the field arrogance, you know, because he definitely has. But it's just this, like, But is he arrogant on the field? What I, it's, whatever, it's... I, I don't care for it. That's just me. I, look, I understand what you're saying. You may, you're making a lot of sense, but it's still like the uh, the other week he was during one of his halftime interviews with Jim Gray, and Jim Gray asked him about this specifically, and he was, you know, he gave the the company line kind of thing. I'm a nice guy. I respect everyone. I don't mean anything by it if I forget to shake someone's hand, and he mentioned specifically the respect he has and how much he he likes Jared Goff but he didn't say anything about Nick Foles and in Nick and in Jim Gray's question he specified Jared Goff and Nick Foles so it was just kind of like well what's going on here who the hell cares like uh, why do Eagles fans feel this need to be like caretakers of Nick Foles who cares if Tom Brady likes Nick Foles Tom Brady shakes Nick Foles hand I like Nick Foles great he won us a Super Bowl we're always gonna like Nick Foles do I care that Tom Brady shakes Nick Foles hand does is that gonna affect me in any way no I could care less I don't care at all I don't understand why people are so obsessed with this storyline. Because I, uh, I'm, I'm looking, I'm watching the game, and I'm watching Twitter in the fourth quarter, and everybody just, well, is Tom Brady going to shake Mahomes' hand? If Tom Brady shakes Mahomes' hand, what does that, what does that mean? Who cares? Who, who cares whose hand Tom Brady shakes? If Tom Brady wants to shake Nick Foles' hand or Jared Goff's hand or Patrick Mahomes or Drew Brees, fine. If he doesn't, fine. He he's Tom Brady. Who cares? No, I look, I completely agree with you to be, you know, before the game's even over, be like, oh, is he gonna shake the hand? Well, what's gonna happen here? Is absolutely ridiculous. And I'm not actually upset about whether or not he shook Nick Foles' hand. It's just like it's Tom Brady. I don't particularly like the guy outside of what he does on a football field, and you know, if I can try and poke a hole in his ego or whatever, even just to raise my own ego up. I'm going to. It's fun. Okay. I mean, I, I, I guess I I guess I get it. I, I just, I don't know. I I mean, I just don't, I don't know. I don't really get it. I, I don't I don't really get it. The guy, the guy is the best of all time. He's earned the right to act the way he acts. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, 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 and honestly, the way he acts on the field that's something I'd like to see more from Carson Wentz. I'd like to see a little more fire. I'd like to see a little more intensity. Absolutely, yeah. And, man, I'll tell you what, too. You look at the other side. That kid is the... Uh, Tom Brady is the, the the greatest of all time as of now. I've never seen a quarterback better than Patrick Mahomes. And I, I don't even care. I'll already say that. 
in his fourth year, and I know it's not a hot take, um, but I have never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes. Um, and I think it's so funny because, you know, Bruce Arians apparently said before the game, well, you know, I was going to take him at number 13 in Arizona. I love all these coaches because Sean Payton said the same thing. Apparently, everybody was going to take Patrick Mahomes. Well, none of, you, none of you took him. None of you traded up. The only one that traded up to take Patrick Mahomes who really saw how good he was was Andy. And man, how dumb must all you Andy haters feel? All the Andy Reid haters out there, and I'm sure they've crawled back in their holes, um, because, you know, the uh, way this man was underappreciated and bashed for years, he's never going to win a Super Bowl. He doesn't run the ball enough. He just wants to throw, throw, throw. Well, look at what Andy's got now. All the, and it is all, it's all the buddy people, too. It's all the buddy people hate Andy, all the Neanderthals who want to go back to blitzing and running and winning games uh, six to three. That that that's the people that hate Andy Reid. Andy Reid is going to go down as one of the best coaches in NFL history. He is going to end up winning. I mean, if Andy Reid coaches for another decade, he's going to win five Super Bowls. If Patrick Mahomes stays healthy, I, nobody's beating this team. Nobody's beating this team. And, man, um, all the Andy haters, I just hope it hurts them so much to see him with this quarterback, see him with that offense, see him with this talent. Um, and you know what? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Spike. I hope we can do an Andy Reid Appreciation Day again. I think it was dubbed the first annual. So I don't know if, if, what, what we're planning here, um, but I think we should have an Andy Reid Appreciation Day every year. Uh, because uh, he he did a lot for this city, and man, is he a, a damn good football coach. If we have a Kansas City area sister station through Entercom, we should you know do a joint Andy Andy Reid Appreciation Day. Yeah, that would be. A I'm good sure idea. that they love Andy Reid right now. They should. I mean, he's a great coach, and he got them Patrick Mahomes. Two one five five nine two nine four nine four. 215-592-9494 if you want to get in. Uh, when we get back, we'll get back to the Eagles here. I see Mike in South Philly's there. Uh, we'll talk to Mike. And then you, if you want to get in, open lines tonight. Uh, I'm Tom Kelly, in for Big Daddy Graham, Sports Radio 94 WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 